Good morning. This is Richard Diaz with the UC Times. Today is August 10th, UC 0080. On today's show, we bring you part two of the UC Times investigative journey into the events surrounding the Side 6 Christmas conflict during the One Year War. This is Weekend with Bernie. Weekend with Bernie is brought to you by contributions from our listeners. If you would like to contribute, please go to theuctimes.org for more information. Weekend with Bernie is also brought to you by today's sponsor, Mick Daniels. Hi, it's me, it's Chef. That's right, I'm that chef. The chef from the White Base, the true hero of the One Year War. And I'm here to tell you about McDaniels. When I was on the White Base, fighting off those Xeon bastards, the only thing that kept me going was thinking about those salty McDaniels fries. Now, with salt harvested from a random salt lake that I, Chef, found. Wow, be like me, Chef, and get an order of McDaniels fries today. McDaniels, now that's what I call food. Last week on Weekend with Bernie, we introduced you to the major players leading up to the events of the Side 6 Christmas conflict, including the most unusual character, an 11-year-old boy named Al. One of the things that the producers of the show and myself that we've, we've learned is that tracking the actions of a child is very difficult. They seem to move about undetected, without a care in the world. People don't notice them or really question why they're doing something. And that's made researching this show quite difficult. To speak on this process, I wanted to bring in one of the producers of Weekend with Bernie, who's also helped a lot with this research and the story. This is Rick Dominguez. Hello, Richard. Thank you for letting me speak about the process of investigating this story. You know, people get us confused because of similar names, but we're different. <laughs> You're right, Rick. Uh, We've spent a lot of time together over the past couple of months investigating this story. I want you to tell me about that process. Well, we spent a lot of the time on the ground inside Six, following the footsteps of Al and Bernie, trying to piece together what happened. And so how difficult was it to follow in uh, their footsteps? It seemed impossible at times. It's not like we had cell phone towers to ping and locate our characters. Al and Bernie didn't even have cell phones. We were lucky to interview some people who came into contact with that on the last episode, but our big break came when we spoke with some police officers and found out one of them had been in contact with Al. This was a big break. Oh, more on that soon. But as far as telling the story, what steps did we take to make sure the story is accurate and it's captivating for the listeners? We didn't have to do any work making the story captivating. We know what happened and how horrible it was for the citizens of Side 6. But telling how it happened in itself is captivating enough. Thank you for speaking with me, and I want to thank you so much for helping tell this important story. Thank you, Richard. I 
after Bernie left Al and left Side 6 with proof that the prototype was being housed there, he was placed on the famous Cyclops team. The Cyclops team began their final mission, to infiltrate Side 6 and find, steal, or at very least, destroy the prototype mobile suit. The Federation was completely unaware that the prototype's whereabouts were known by Xeon. They housed the prototype underground and began testing the unit's capabilities. While the Gundam was designed for Amarel Ray at White Base, he was never available to test the unit since he was busy fighting in the One Year War. That's right, the prototype mobile suit was a Gundam. A Gundam designed for none other than Amuro Ray of the White Base. They called it the Alex Gundam. My name is Gerald Simmons. I was part of the Alex Gundam test team. We had a test pilot named uh, Christina McKenzie. Yeah, everyone just called her Chris. She was, hey, I don't know, a decent enough pilot, honestly. I thought I was going to be chosen to test the Gundam. Rumor has it that she was neighbors with that kid Al, and that she's partly to blame for all this mess. I'm not saying it was intentional. I'm just saying the Psychops team did have a lot of inside information. And I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Why is it called the Alice Gundam? Eh, officially, it's an acronym for Armored Layers Experimental. But actually, we were just listening to a lot of Alex G when it was in development. Seems like the right thing to do. Don't put this in the show, though. Christina McKenzie, the test pilot of the Alex Gundam, was neighbors with Al. Could this relationship have led the Cyclops team to the Alex Gundam? If so, how did the Cyclops team find Al? Well, the Cyclops team didn't have to. Al found them. The Cyclops team were able to infiltrate Side 6 by pretending to be working for a freighting company. They brought with them four large shipping containers and rented out a warehouse on the outskirts of town. This is where they were going to plan their next steps. Al, the enthusiastic young boy, did what the Federation authorities couldn't do. He found the Cyclops team almost as soon as they arrived. But how did this 11-year-old boy manage to find them? Look, I really don't want to talk about this too much, okay? I've moved on from that part of my life. This is Brett Wolf a former Side 6 police officer who came in contact with Al at the time. So this kid came into the department. I was trying to chat this chick up who we busted for uh, soliciting or something. He was going on and on about being hit by this freighting truck. He seemed fine, so I told him to scram. But he made a scene, and the boss made us look into it. This is when Brett Wolf delivered the Cyclops team their newest member. Using our superior tracking skills, we found those freighting trucks that Twerp was talking about. It was at a warehouse at the edge of town. We approached the suspects as if it were a hit and run. We interrogated the four of them, 
But this little shit started crying out of nowhere, yelling about how he lied and was all made up. He wasn't the victim of a hit and run. He just needed us to reunite him with his older brother, this blonde kid. And that blonde kid was none other than Bernie Wiseman. Anyways, like I said, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I've moved on to bigger and better things. I quit the force. I opened my pride and joy. A single-item Spanish dessert restaurant. Only flans. What do you think? It's the best new restaurant in the colony. Hey, wait. Are you going to listen to me about my restaurant? By sheer luck and chance, Al had seen the Cyclops team traveling to their base and he recognized Bernie from before. In his attempt to follow them, Al got hurt and he used his injuries to convince the police to take him to see the Cyclops team. But why would the Xeon Special Forces team go along with it? What use is a small child during a military operation? Well, Steiner Hardy knew that having a local kid could benefit them in the planning of the operation. He didn't know how, but he knew they could find a way to use him. The Cyclops team didn't arrive on Side 6 unarmed. They brought with them all of the parts and components to build a towering death machine a new Xeon mobile suit called the MS-18E Kampfer. A heavily armored fast assault unit designed to cause massive damage with its varied weapon loadout and make a fast escape. While they built this machine in secret, Bernie was in charge of keeping tabs on Al and collecting information on the whereabouts of the prototype Alex Gundam. Bernie used Al's familiarity to his advantage. He treated the young boy like a soldier and he got him to help locate the facility and scope out how to infiltrate the underground base. All the while, Al, a young child, was ecstatic. He was helping. Helping his new friends win the war. Did he know that he was helping the bad guys? Did he even realize the plan that they had hatched? Yes, I'll never forget that day. Not after what happened to my Christina. I'm Mr. McKenzie, and Christina McKenzie is my daughter. While we don't know why, Bernie used Al to get close to Christina McKenzie and her family. It's hotly debated if he even knew who he was in contact with. I don't think this young man knew anything about Chris. He and Al came over for tea because Chris had accidentally attacked the boy, thinking he was a prowler, you know, a prowler. He never mentioned her job to him, and he didn't ask anything about the base or the mobile suit. He seemed to be a really nice boy to us. My wife and I were shipping them, to be honest. Bernie, a Xeon pilot, and Christina McKenzie the Federation test pilot, shared tea together and looked into each other's eyes. They couldn't have known how their lives would become so intertwined. How fate would bring them together and then tear them apart.
The Cyclops team finished their preparations and the plan was simple. Misha was going to fly the Comfer downtown inside Six, create chaos and distract the Federation. While he was drawing them away, Steiner, Garcia, and Bernie will infiltrate the Federation base using the information that Bernie and Al gathered, an attempt to steal or destroy the Alex Gundam. If all else fails, Misha and the Comfer will finish the job and destroy the Gundam. The plan started strong. Misha had drawn all the Federation attention to the Comfer. Steiner, Garcia, and Bernie had infiltrated the Federation base wearing Federation uniforms, and they were progressing to the target. But then, young Bernie made a big mistake. Huge. They seem like normal, friendly dudes. I was just making conversation about Christmas, you know? Normal shit. Like, where you from? Do you miss your family? My name is Sean Watts. Uh, I was working at the test facility the day of the attack. Uh, to be honest, it's not like anyone told me they were from Australia or anything. But this dumb Zeon kid put on a phony accent and tried to pretend like he was from Melbourne or something. He was saying how he missed the snow around this time. I didn't think anything of it and went back to my post. This is when things went wrong for Bernie and the Cyclops team. We started hearing about the fighting going on outside of the base. I was thinking to myself that something just didn't sit right with me. That's when I realized it wouldn't be snowing in Australia. Those three guys were lying to us. I ran back as quickly as I could and as soon as I called them on it, that's when the shit hit the fan. A firefight broke out between the three Cyclops team members and the Federation. A fight that the Cyclops team were never going to win. While they did manage to wound and kill a couple guards, Garcia and Steiner were both fatally hit, and Bernie was pinned down by Federation fire. And that is when the Comfer arrived. I told her not to do it, but in the middle of the firefight, Christina McKenzie ran to the Gundam and was able to get in. Honestly, it saved all of our lives. She pulled it out of the base and she fucked up that Xeon mobile suit. This was the power of the Alex Gundam. With its test pilot, Christina McKenzie, it was able to easily overcome the Comfer. And with those shots, end the Cyclops team. My name is Pearl Houston, and I was with Christina McKenzie before she piloted the Alex Gundam. The fight lasted only a couple of minutes. The Xeon mobile suit came out strong against the Alex Gundam, but Chris was able to easily dispatch it using the 90mm Gatling gun. I have to say, it was pretty impressive. Out of the rubble of the base, crawled Bernard Bernie Wiseman. He was covered in the blood of his comrades and soaked in his own tears and piss. And who was there to greet him? A young boy, Al, whose love of war and mobile suit battles 
hit a harsh reality of death and destruction. This was the day that Al saw people who he knew lifeless on the streets. Did he feel responsible? Now this would seem to be the natural conclusion of the story. A hero from the Federation puts an end to the Cyclops team who used a little boy's confusion and misguided love for war to help them. Justice was served. Bernie learns a lesson. He explains his mistakes to Al and he leaves Zeon. Maybe he even falls in love with Chris. But unfortunately, this isn't the story that we get to tell. Uh, at the end of this, Bernie retreats into Forest Park, where Zaku originally landed. He's followed by Al, who, with childlike enthusiasm, helps, and his loyalty isn't faltered. He wants to help Bernie stay safe, now more than ever. Bernie is devastated. In his post-trauma state, he knows that he must flee the colony. He tells Al to do the same. If the Cyclops team were to fail, the Xeon fleet were directed to nuke the colony, doing everything in their power to hold on to a chance of victory in this war by destroying the Alex Gundam. Al and Bernie go their separate ways. Bernie is spotted on security footage making his way through the spaceport on his way to board a flight to the party colony of Francesca. But something must have happened. Bernie never gets on the flight, instead he makes the decision to stay on side 6. Looking at the footage from the spaceport and putting together the story, it seems that Bernie chose to stay in an attempt to save the colony from certain nuclear disaster. Maybe Al, Christina, their families ended up getting to him. Bernie contacted the only friend that he had left, a young 11 year old boy named Al. Al was convinced that the nuclear blast coming for them was real, and he did everything he could to help Bernie rebuild his old Zaku. The new plan was simple. Bernie would draw the Alex Gundam into a one-on-one -on -one fight, and he would destroy it himself. Thus, the Zeons would have no reason to destroy the colony and kill his new friends, Al, Chris, and the citizens of Side 6. He and Al worked around the clock preparing for the attack. The only problem? The Xeon ship carrying the nuke was destroyed. There was no threat to the colony and this attack would be in vain. But Bernie didn't know that. All he knows is that he has to do something. He initiates the attack and he draws the Alex Gundam out into the forest to fight. The Alex Gundam, piloted by the unproven Chris McKenzie, is taken to the brink. And in a last gasp lunge, they hit each other with a devastating blow. Christina McKenzie is badly wounded, and Bernie, the man who she shared many glances with, is left dead inside of Izaku. 
Al had learned about this disarmament of the Xeon fleet right before the attack, and he did everything in his power to tell Bernie that the attack was in vain. But instead, he made it to the battle just in time to see his new friend killed by his neighbor. Al was left a shell of the fun-loving boy at the beginning of the story. So, what did we learn from this story, Rick? The fuck if I know? I don't, I don't fucking know either. Uh, not to do this again, I guess. Although, to be, I, I'm not really sure what we did exactly. I, I don't know either. It, it's hard to say. Thank you all for listening to the two-part special weekend with Bernie by the UC Times. Uh, thank you to Christian and Simon for helping me. Thank you to Square Background Hole for the great music which we utilize, as well as DJ RX78 and the many people who put weird videos on YouTube where it's just background noise. Um, I didn't ask anyone for permission to use any of the stuff. Except for DJRX78, but we're not making any money off this, and we just really love you. So, uh, thank you for not pressing charges, even though I don't think you could. You could, I guess, press charges just for the quality of the content, uh, which we're putting out. That's punishable by law, I'm pretty sure. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you didn't, that's okay, too. We will be back next week with our normal episodes. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye.